Hello, my friends. Welcome to Deeper Than Dating, the best place for singles to uplevel their lives and take advantage of their single time. I'm your host, Sarah Mack, breakup and relationship coach, and I'm here to guide you to uplevel and upgrade your single life by building a deeper connection with yourself. I'm on a mission to help millennials take advantage of their single time so they can get over their past, stop settling in life, attract better relationships, and have fun while being single. On Deeper Than Dating, we will explore topics of self-development, psychology of love, relationships, and breakups, mindset, spirituality, and manifestation in order to deepen the relationship with ourselves, which is truly the secret to deeper dating. Whether you find yourself still trying to get over your ex, questioning all your relationship decisions, desiring a more fulfilling single life, or chasing your next relationship, this is the place to be. It doesn't matter where you're at in your journey because the answer will be the same. Dig deeper into your connection with yourself in order to attract a better life and level up. It's not about dating. It's not about the breakup. It's not about your future. It's always deeper. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Deeper Than Dating. I am so excited to have my friend and fellow relationship coach, Isabel Campanelli. Isabel helps single women get the love they want by becoming the love they want. Isabel has been a certified life and relationship coach for over five years and a member of the ICF. She lives in the sunny Santa Barbara hillside and is currently in a conscious relationship with a wonderful man. And today we're talking all about becoming the woman you want to become so you can attract the partner that you desire. And there's so many layers to love and relationships. And I'm so excited to have Isabel on because we are both in this space and we could talk probably for hours about this, but Welcome, Isabel, to Deeper Than Dating. Thanks, Sarah. So good to hang with you today on this Tuesday afternoon. It's been mm-hmm. a been a while since I've seen you. I know, and we're so close. Yeah, I gotta make it down to SB. I'm coming. Coming I'm soon. Get you on that. <laughs> I'm gonna get you on that. So I know we're both in the relationship space, but I love having you on because I think we have different areas that we love to talk about. And um, I just, before we dive deep in, I would love for you to give a a bit more of an overview of what you do, the work you do, and what has led you to to where you're at today. Yeah, awesome. Um... Yeah. So I work with women. Um, I've, I've worked with men as well in the past, but right now I'm just feeling a call to really, um, hone in on my work with women, um, primarily women who are not in a partnered relationship, but desiring a long-term relationship. Um, and you know, women who, who have, um, a deep desire to build a life with somebody and maybe in the past that their relationships haven't worked for various different reasons. And they've kind of just been in relationship over relationship and not really paused and looked at themselves and said, well, you know, what can I take accountability on? How did I attract X, Y, Z person? Um, what do I truly desire in my next real partner? And hopefully this next one would be more of that long-term partner, um, and, or multiple partners. Like I also work with people who are in non-monogamous relationships as well. I definitely do not discriminate with clients at all. Um, I've worked with kind of everybody on different walks of life. Um, and yeah, it's been so fruitful and amazing. I've been doing this for about five years on and off and, um, really, you know, this started for me with my own, um, transformational healing work at a young age, around 25. I had actually been working in Silicon Valley and in San Francisco after college and was really lost and just was dating and dating. And on, I mean, I was on OkCupid before it was an an app on the phone. I mean, it was a web web browser. Um, And I actually like met one of my 
long-term boyfriends there right after college years ago, that was around 2012. And so fast forward um, to about 2015, 2016, I had really um, been tired of just like basically seeking a partner to fulfill my lack, right? The lack that I felt inside, the undeservingness. I kept seeing people around me in happy partnerships and wondering why it couldn't work for, for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I had kind of gone about it all not wrong, right? Because it was all on purpose, but I went about it in a very outward seeking way. And I never really looked inside at me and maybe why I was attracted to certain types of people. Um, and so from then I actually ended up doing some plant medicine ceremonies and really like shot me up to that next level of like, wow, like what really is possible? Um, and I moved back home and um, I started doing, I started, I found a, a spiritual teacher, Dale Holloway, who I've been following and in his world for many years. And that's kind of really where I learned about transformation and self-development and growth. Um, and um, from there, I mean, I've, I've had my own coaches, um, many, many different coaches from coaches, from business coaches through just life coaches, um, my like late twenties um, to relationship coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now I'm, I just always find that we're always relating with people all the time and we're all in different re- forms of relationships. So as creatures of uh, connection, um, biologically, you know, I always look at how can we make the relationships in our life, the most juicy and fruitful and, and, and re- rewarding and the most intimate and connected and authentic, um, and I understand not everybody needs that, you know, some people mm-hmm. are okay with more surface, but I'm not. And so I've always been a deep seeker of like that authentic connection where we could be vulnerable and really real together. Mm-hmm. There's so much we can dive into <laughs> yeah. there and I'm so excited. So I, I also, I think about that often, especially being in this space and person what you said is resonates so much with me. It's like, I want a love that is just amazing and magnetic and not everyone desires this out of this world love. And then I also question, okay, well, how much of that is um, hurting us or this conditioning of maybe something that's not realistic do you ever question at what point do we, I guess I'm thinking of like the the sparks and the fireworks that could be trauma bonding Mm -hmm. or um, at what point do we realize, okay, this could turn into a lasting love that is fireworks and healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. So I'm just writing some quick notes. Don't forget. Um, Yeah. You know, just on that, like, not everybody is desiring that really deep, deep love. And really, I I say that because the result of somebody not knowing the deep love they have for themselves. Mm. I always say that the the um I think even Brene Brown said this recently or at some point, but I've always known this to be true. And I think my um teacher taught me this early, early on that the degree that we're able to really see somebody and connect with them in a heart-centered humanistic way is the same degree we're able to connect to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so for the so folks, good. right? And so for the folks <laughs> who aren't desiring really vulnerable deep connections, I actually ask them when was the last time you had a really vulnerable moment with yourself? When did you allow yourself to see yourself in your shit and love yourself in the ways mm-hmm. that's super hard for a lot of people without having some type of training or understanding or work or someone helping um, hold, hold them in that process of that shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what comes up with that topic um on the on that area and I'll share a personal story here and I'm actually curious for you Sarah as well 
you know, on that, since you and I both do desire that more vulnerable, deeper connections and that, that really magnetic love. Um, and I'm curious for you, but I'll share for, for me too. I looked back at that and said, wait, why do I really want to be so seen, so heard and so understood? Mm -hmm. Like I will not settle for less. Why? Like, what is actually, I asked this of myself too. Like what's wrong with me? Like, can I just like be okay with like, Hey, let's go do these (laughs) surface level things. Like, let's go do this and this. And like, let's not really get deep and vulnerable and like know each other's wounds and triggers and traumas and know, and know each other's shit. Right. Mm -hmm. And actually some of, some of that, I still do not know the answers and a little bit I do. And I did find out for myself, I did look back with some support by my coach that, you know, I didn't, as a little girl, I didn't get a lot of my emotional needs met and I do not blame my parents. I have reconciled with them on all the ways they gave me the best that they could with what they knew at the time. But the way that me as a highly sensitive person and an empath needed to relate as a child and still as an adult is a, um, it's an intellectual and emotional connection. I needed that I needed to really feel seen and heard by my parents mm-hmm. and they weren't able to give me that emotional connection that I, I desired. And so mm-hmm. I was always seeking, 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 seeking for it outside of myself because I also didn't learn how to give it to myself till way later. Mm-hmm. That resonate. I'm so curious yeah. about that for you too. Oh, a hundred percent resonates for me. If you, what's coming up for me is if you read my journals from, yeah. 10 years ago when I was in a relationship that I knew deep down wasn't right for me, but it was like, we really loved each other and it felt it was healthy, but some, it was like, I did not feel seen and, and exactly what you're saying. That's what forced me to do my own work of diving into why, what do I really need in a relationship and where is this coming from? And it was just, it was heart rent it's heart wrenching to to love someone but no you need something deeper or something more mm-hmm. and i just what you were saying is um i always always i was beating myself up like why can't i just be okay with this this okay love and why can't we just go go get married and have kids and like have a house because yeah. i there was something more that i needed that I wasn't getting from the relationship and thank God I listened to that voice because my next relationship was just 10 times better. And like mm-hmm. 10, we were 10 times more connected because I did the work of figuring out my needs in the relationship and yeah, there were certain needs that weren't getting met. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so on point. So beautiful. And I get curious for you too. Like, were you able to were you able to give yourself what you needed from your partner as well? Well, we did. We met four years later to catch up and we realized how incompatible we were. Mm. There was just, we just had nothing in common other than the fact that we loved each other. Mm -hmm. So Mm. that's super hard to build a future on though. And I knew, I knew. Yeah we were going to hit a dead end because we truly loved each other because we were friends first and we had that friendship, but I really, I just knew that was all we had in common Mm. that and Netflix shows that we liked to watch. I'm like, you know, we can't talk. We couldn't just have discussion. So yeah, Mm. when back to your question of could I, it was something I I was seeking in a partner um, that I did I did fulfill myself, which for me is is having like that intellectual co- con- connection of like okay I want to if I read all the books I want someone to have philosophical discussions with that is a need in my relationship. So mm. it was yeah learning what what your needs are in your in each relationship and which mm-hmm. ones are non-negotiable. So that mm. is, that's a non-negotiable for me now. Oh yeah. Same. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> give me 
stimulate me up in my mind and then exactly in my body. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You need both. I need, yeah. And, and you know what? Oftentimes women do, it's a form of safety. Um, and I don't know, I'm not a psychologist. Okay. So I'm not going to go into the, it, to it. I probably, you know, I think I heard that or read that somewhere, but I do really know, you know, we, we, we really need a, a, a connection of safety and a, and a being heard and seen mm-hmm. before we can really open. And I say we loosely, um, I'll speak for myself, but um, typically, you know, that the feminine does need to feel a sense of safety to open and blossom and bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for some folks like yourself and me, it starts with the mind stimulate my head, my mind. Not everybody is like that. Some people are more experiential. Let's go do things together. Like I know my, my sister and her partner, they like to go golfing together. Like that brings intimacy for them. That's a bond. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I'm like, let's stare at each other deep into each other's eyes and talk about <laughs> our days. And like, what did you notice? What did you learn? Like, oh, that's so funny. It's a little different, right? Like I can care two shits if we go do activities. That that, that happens later after yeah. this has been stimulated and this has been stimulated. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. I'm just laughing because I'm just so the same way. Okay. So I know as a natural coach, you're this is turning into a coaching oh, session. totally. Well, actually. It's about you. We want to talk about you. <laughs> so I would love to actually bring up the con- the concept of chemistry because you actually, you, you mentioned this. Yes. Chemistry yes. versus compatibility. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Right. So yes, I would love to learn as well. So I'm going to share what I know and I'd love to hear what you have to say about it because you got two brains in this podcast. So let's just yes. get it out there. Two is better than one. So, um, which is why I'm a relationship coach too, is better than yeah. one. <laughs> um, so chemistry in my, my, my learning of this is, um, more like we, and I'm going to use examples and like, just kind of that, like, uh, maybe it could be a physical chemistry like that, just attraction that like, mm-hmm. zoom, Oh my God, uh, attracted. And I don't know why it's all hormones, you know, neuropronephrine is happening. Uh, dopamine is happening, blah, 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 blah. Like all of it mm-hmm. is just shooting off in, in the body. It's like, you see that person from afar at the coffee shop and you're like, dang, mm-hmm. that's hot. And then it's like, you talk to them. And it's like, oh, you also like almond milk lattes. Mm, so do I. Oh, you also <laughs> like listening to Rufus do soul at the bowl. I do too. I was just there. Like, and then it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, we have this this chemistry and we're just chatting and it's just effortless and easy. And it's like, oh my gosh. And then you leave that coffee shop and you're like, you know, hearts bumping and butterflies. You're like, I just had this random spontaneous interaction with this beautiful man. And we had all this chemistry. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's the compatibility conversation of, okay, said mysterious fictional man, let's call him Bob. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say Bob. Let's say Bob and I go on a date. He got he gets my number at the coffee shop. We go on a date. He takes me to another coffee shop and we start talking and talking. And then I'm learning, oh man, we have a lot of connection. But Bob lives in Florida. Bob isn't looking for what I'm looking for. Bob travels a lot for work. Bob does these things that his life, he loves watching sports Saturdays and Sundays. Bob doesn't exercise. He's not very active. I'm super active, right? It's like, okay, Bob listens to heavy metal. I don't. That's fine, right? But like, then it gets deeper. And then you start to really learn about Bob. And through time, Mm -hmm. multiple dates, probably multiple dates, we start to learn, wow, Bob and I have not the same vision for life, Mm -hmm. right? I want to travel the world with my family and build a family and buy a home and Bali. And Bob just wants to stay in Florida his whole life and probably not down for kids, not for 10 years. And I'm like ready to go. Right. So it's like, to me, it shows that story gives examples of that first initial chemistry, but then later you start to learn about someone and there's not, and you're not compatible. And the thing about those two energies is that it's almost like it's really hard to find compatibility in the beginning And I think a lot of women, and I do not know if this is true for everyone, but I can claim it for myself, at least for me, I was looking for compatibility super on, 
that mm-hmm. I actually over overlooked a lot of things because mm-hmm. a lot of the compatibility I was looking for was so future, mm-hmm. so far in the future that um, not like the chemistry, it, it wasn't there, but mm-hmm. I was attached to this, what compatible future life that I wanted with this person who said that, that they wanted these things, but there's not, the chemistry wasn't even there. So that's actually yeah. an interesting flip-flop. Usually it's the chemistry's there, but there's no future, future kind of vision. That's the like, mm-hmm. thing. Right? I actually had it inverted where we didn't really have the chemistry and I was going for straight for the future. Mm-hmm. And that was on me because I, I oversaw, I overlooked the red flags. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Compatibility, compatibility in general. Yeah. What's your is needs to be talked about more because there's, I feel like there's surface level compatibility of, of what we see on dating apps of, okay, do you want Mm -hmm. kids? Do you drink? Mm -hmm. You know, do you smoke weed? Like what I feel like these are on paper compatibility. And then there's the layer of chemistry, like do, which is just unexplainable like how do you know energy it's just yeah energy yeah I don't know what it is but then there's the long I think of the long term um compatibility and I'm thinking of my parents for example like they're as opposite as it gets Mm -hmm. on paper but they work like they're so compatible and that that's hard you can't measure you it's hard to measure especially in the if you're in the dating early on phase of okay what works long term will we be compatible long term because you may be compatible on paper but maybe you're too much alike like I know I can't date someone that's like me I I we will butt heads Mm -hmm. and I but when I write down my list (laughs) it's you huh yeah I realize well Yes and no. I think I'm aware. I think I'm aware (laughs) enough to know I don't want to date myself. Like, but it's, it's, and then it's different for everyone. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of layers, especially as a relationship or a dating coach when you're trying to help nav, help others navigate their experience and they need to be, they need to take ownership of their own experience like, mm-hmm. and not just listen to everyone else's rules. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so how do we measure that? How do we look for compatibility earlier on? I mean, there's many, know there's qu- many questions. Yeah, I don't know if there's a way because I did that and I used to date in that way. Actually, I used to date specifically for compat looking for compatibility like did we want the same things and the way I look at compatibility and maybe it's different it's like I look at it as like do we want the same things and do we have the mm-hmm. same lifestyle mm-hmm. look at lifestyle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's some things you can tell immediately like my fictional character Bob I could tell immediately travels a lot drinks a lot doesn't move his body a lot lives far away doesn't want a family okay I could tell from the beginning of those you know few dates like this isn't going to work, but like, I still like talking with you and like, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a connection and that's a whole other conversation for another time. Cause we could get into like the whole, what to do then. Right. Yeah. And again, everybody's different, but mm-hmm. you know, in that space of compatibility, like I do look at lifestyle and honestly, I don't know. I really feel deep in my body. Like I don't know if it's going to be measured, I think it's just something that needs to happen as an experience and an experiment and just be in the relationship. Like mm-hmm. if, if it's getting far enough, if it's getting far enough and you guys are liking each other enough and it's like all working enough and like waiting. And I think women too, like, especially myself, I get up, up in my head and I want to control the situation. I want to control it. And it's like, no, 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 none of that. The more I let that go and the more I just witness the person live their life and observe taking data points, not judging them or not like making them wrong for living a certain way, not fixing them to make Mm -hmm. them like me, but 
just observing like a like a witness just observing and mm-hmm. in time those conversations of compatibility come up and i see a lot of women especially in the demographic that i work with in their mid 30s early to mid 30s who want a partner try to jump timelines and try to say i want a baby right now i want a partner i want a house i want this i want this mm-hmm. And it's they're checking for compatibility, which I understand. I do that too. And I have done that. But I think there is a rushing pressure energy, energy underneath that, that actually doesn't create an organic opportunity for that conversation of children or where you want to live long-term or your career and compatibility, whatever it is, the big thing for you. Mm-hmm. That is connected to the compatibility. It doesn't allow for that organic to that organically happen in organic conversation. Yeah. And try to think our way through and control our way through. We miss the signs and we miss the joy and we miss the fun and the moment of really letting the relationship become, letting two people become a third a third entity, the third entity, that energy is the relationship. And that doesn't even, that takes the time. We're Mm -hmm. forming this, we're forming this. But if we just try to rush, jump timelines to here and be like, we're having this, 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 and control our way and push our way through. So we can get that, you know, feeling that we actually really want to feel, which is he chose me safety. We all just want to feel safe and chosen, safe and chosen. Mm -hmm. Then I can fully open and bloom and open my heart to you. But what I'm saying is flip that on its head and go in all these crazy places, flip it on its head, lead from here, not here. From your heart, not your head. Mm -hmm. And be, choose the person if you're choosing them choose them. Don't go looking everywhere else. Choose them and give them a fucking chance. Yeah. Give this third entity, this relationship cloud, an opportunity to form and see what happens. And maybe Mm -hmm. it takes three, six, nine, 12 months, but I guarantee you, even if you're 36, 38, I don't care how old you are and you still, you know, haven't had the the family and babies and all the things that of course most women not all want it's like even if it takes 12 months and then you at the end of the day you both realize hey we're not compatible we don't it's not going to work I guarantee if that person is thoughtful and introspective and a self-aware which I believe we're all trying to build more of that Mm -hmm. not everybody and I understand but the majority let's say it, they're going to look back and say, wow, I learned so much. I've grown exponentially now because of this person, because of what we went through. It was mm-hmm. happening for me. And this is where mindset work comes in. It's happening for me, not to me. This happened for me, not to me, to make me a better person. And that's where growth happens. It's not because we're reading books or listening to podcasts. I love your podcast, right? But like, it's not it's like, <laughs> yes, that's information. This is great information, mm-hmm. but this it's not embodied experience and embodied lived experience is the school of life. That is yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah. Every relationship is a growth opportunity. Everything. How do, so in my mind, I'm just, mm-hmm. what for me personally, when yeah. I've, and I'm so guilty of a lot of the things that you just mentioned. I'm so head driven and want to control because I don't want to waste time. But that, that, that right there is the killer is the killer Mm -hmm. that kills it before it's even started. I'm a killer. You're, you're, you're you're (laughs) nuking, you're nuking it. You're nuking every relationship. You're, it's like about a flame comes and you're just like nuking it flame Mm -hmm. nuking. It's just Mm -hmm. like that, that killer, because it has that pressure energy. It's remember we're energetic beings living a physical human experience. It's 
the energy behind it, it smells and feels and tastes like pressure. And it's not about them. Yes, Mm -hmm. they're feeling it too, but it's about you. How do you want to feel? You know, and it's that, that wasting time, like that's a story that you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. If I ran you through a belief busting exercise that I do with my clients, I bet you we would find the real core root cause of what's underneath that and learn that what you just said is a story. It's not actual a reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what if we're attracting dating experiences or partners that mm-hmm. are based off of patterns we need to rewire or change. And so what can we do to be more aware of that and to make changes and who we're attracting in the first place? Because I know we're talking a lot about letting a relationship grow, but what if in the first place we shouldn't we shouldn't be attracting that type of person or we're not the person we haven't done the work on ourselves enough to change who we're attracting. If that makes sense. So I just want to make sure because that's a this is a nuanced. I think I mm-hmm. want to make sure. And my hearing you say correctly that you want to understand how why is someone attracting the same type of partner? Or no? Did I hear that wrong? Yes. And what can someone do to be more aware of the type of person they're attracting before they give time to the relationship? Because I'm imagining if someone is doing what we just discussed of leading with their heart, Mm -hmm. maybe they feel good, but maybe it's based off of what felt good in childhood and what felt good in air quotes Mm -hmm. because we don't know. Maybe, maybe someone doesn't know what what a healthy balanced relationship feels like. So they're basing Mm -hmm. off of the work that, or what they've experienced in the past. Then come work with me during my eight week program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, this is all the work. The work. Yeah. The work that it's literally what I do is is that is um is the inside out. Is the inside out. The work from the inside out, which is tattooed on my arm. Oh, I love it. From the inside out. I love that. Um, but yeah, do you want me to give an example from my own life? I'm going to give you a real answer here. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'll get real with my dating situation. Yeah. Um, so I feel like personally, and I kind of just had this epiphany last week during a mm, hypnosis Mm. meditation. I I'm the baby of the family. Mm -hmm. I never felt like my opinion was, heard or respected. And I was just, I was always seeking validation mm-hmm. of anything I had to say. I didn't feel like was taken seriously. So I attracted partners that put me on a pedestal mm. so that they, I feel respected and admired and seen and heard. So I'm aware, very aware of this, but I've 10, I, then I tend to not look up to my partner or admire them. So that's unbalanced. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the first step I've take, you know, in my own healing journey yeah. is awareness. Yeah. Like taking aw- awareness, going to therapy, identifying what I liked in the relationships. Why did I, why was I attracted to them in the first place? And the reason I'm asking this is because I feel like a lot of people are doing the same thing on autopilot and then investing in a relationship and then feeling maybe trapped in the relationship or 
it's just easier to stay than to leave. So my whole, my whole experience is wanting to do the work before, or be at least be aware of that because of what we talked about earlier based off of like of dopamine and attachment being like getting to attack you get attached to the relationship and maybe it's not the right relationship for you yeah okay so what I'm hearing you say is you know you yeah you were the baby of the family and your opinions didn't feel heard and you seeked validation and you're not taken seriously so then your partners were on a pedestal they put me on a pedestal yeah, they put you on a pedestal. So you didn't, you ended up not looking up to them as much. Like um, you were the one with like, you had it all. And yeah, this is very familiar for me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I've been there. Uh-huh. Um, my curiosity for you though, Sarah, going back to the, to the top of what you shared is, do you, how do you give yourself validation and how do you hear your own? How much do you give your own self, take your own self seriously and hear, listen to your own self scale from one to 10, one, zero, never 10 all the time or more. Uh, depends on the situation and environment, but I would say a seven and the biggest thing growth for that has was starting my own business and and you know really I had to rely on myself I can't I had to rely on in my own opinions and convictions of what I believe in has been the biggest starting this podcast like my voice it's not a coincidence (laughs) yeah exactly so you're proving to yourself you're building that that confidence you're building that like validation and that seriousness that like this is real you're what you're doing matters mm-hmm. and you're taking that ownership and you're like being the, being the leader mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right you're you're being a leader being a coach is being a leader mm-hmm. all coaches are leaders because they're doing things that not everybody will do mm-hmm. and that's what you've done mm-hmm. and that's amazing yeah <laughs> Well, but what do you feel like for anyone listening that yeah. maybe this is all new to them? What would you, what advice would you give them of starting to do this, this kind of work so that they can attract differently? It's, it's really, it's really life's, it's life's work. It's not, it's not just a, you know, I'm not in the business of giving band-aid solutions or quick tips mm-hmm. because that doesn't work. I'm also not in the business of really giving advice, but because I'm on a podcast, I will, um, (laughs) I will share one thing. Um, you know, I could, we could totally take, take this podcast down into a full coaching session, but I don't think that's really what we're here for as much as I want to, um, you know, everything starts and ends with us. So the advice I would give is, um, especially on that kind of essence of attracting the same type of person and just, you know, starting doing some self-development work and looking within ourselves and starting to say, well, why am I attracting this? And like, why do I keep feeling this way with these people? And how is it connected to my family? Oh, and it is connected to my family. You know, that's a lot of there. That's some, definitely some leveraging, some therapy, some hip, hypnosis is amazing. Um, I, the advice I could give is really wisdom, which is the shit we don't like about ourselves, the stuff we're scared that other people are going to know, are going to hear, are going to see, are going to witness. People talk about self-love, right? Self-love can be a trap when we're not realizing that we got to love ourselves in the hardest, shittiest, ugliest fucked up times Mm -hmm. when we're the worst and the lowest that's when our self-love muscle which is a muscle needs to be utilized the most and when we can look like you are so admirably doing looking at 
the parts of your wounding from your childhood, how you brought were brought up and always starting there. We are the mm-hmm. product of our environment. Epigenetics is, is obviously real. So, you know, looking at the household that we came up in and the relationships we have, this is why I'm a relationship coach, the mm-hmm. relationships we have with our families and our friends too. Mm-hmm. How do we show up? The first question I would ask somebody is, do you like how you show up in relationships, whether it's a romantic or friend or coworker or family member? You know, do you feel, do you feel like you're your, you could be your best version of yourself around these people and the people that are the hardest to be around? Those are your medicine. That's your work. Mm-hmm. Your dad, your mom, your sister, your uncle, Jim, your aunt, Sally, your coworker, the people that are the, the toughest, the stickiest to be around. That's where the work is. They're mirroring to you something about you. I'm getting mm-hmm. chills even saying this because we're all mirroring to each other aspects that we yes. either like or dislike or want or don't want. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, always starting with that and saying, you know, yeah, I mean, like always, always as taking res- ownership and personal responsibility for everything. So mm-hmm. anyone in our life who's challenging or sticky or any situation in our life where we're feeling challenges, looking at and saying, how did I cause this? How was I a part of this? Not cause this shame. We're not trying to shame ourselves. Mm -hmm. Shame is the lowest vibrational energy just above death. We don't want to shame ourselves. If we can objectively, which is very hard, like none of this is easy. None of it is easy. So this is life's work. And this is why you join my eight week program. (laughs) This is like, this is tender, tender stuff that needs to be Mm -hmm. held in a safe container. Um, And I mean, it goes back to inner child work. So one of the first things I do with my clients is bring them through a gestalt process. Have you heard of the gestalt process or gestalt? Gestalt, I say. Yeah. Can you elaborate what you do with your clients on that? Yeah, the the gestalt process is a process of going back to time, like looking at in our life now what's challenging and bringing it back all the way to when we were young, when we had a very similar feeling. And then we start with the body. Everything lives in the body. Everything lives in the body. We start with the body. Where am I feeling this? What does it look and feel like? So I bring them through the, through the, the gestalt process. And then I pull up a wiser version of themselves. And that wiser version of themselves tells them knowledge and wisdom because mm-hmm. we all have wisdom inside of us, which is why coaches, when they're certified and trained, like you and I, we don't tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. We pull the wisdom within them out. And then we can hold that safe container and kind of guide them right down the path of growth and goals where they want to go not bring them backwards. Like therapists will love, you know, therapists are trained, thank God to go more back, mm-hmm. we can go back, but we're going to always pull them forward. Yes. Right. right? So that's why therapy and coaching goes really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but yeah, I think that's like a quite long winded example. It's just, it's not easy. I'm not, and I can't, I can't ethically sit here and say, oh yeah, you know, you start with X, Y, Z, and then you go here one, two, three, like it yeah. is, yeah. it is a life's work and it's, and everyone's yeah, so different. Everyone's so different. And honestly, too, like one of my best resources for people, too, is just pulling from the wisdom of the holistic psychologist, pulling mm-hmm. from her work. Mm-hmm. Her work is deep into the familial patterns and traumas and wounding that we got as a child and how we saw healthy or unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, like my parents are still together as well, 30 something years. But, and while they're a great team and great partnership, you know, I didn't get to experience a lot of that, um, emotional mm. intimacy mm-hmm. that I know I love and I, I, I need. And so I, I wasn't sure, you know, I wasn't ever really attracting people who could meet me where I needed to be met, but also this is the kind of big one in bold. If I might bold this, mm-hmm. those partners I attracted in my twenties and early thirties who couldn't meet me where I needed to go and needed to be met on an emotional and intellectual and even physical and spiritual way is because I didn't have the 
I didn't have the capacity, the skill, the know-how to meet myself there first. Mm. And what can, why would we expect something from someone else if we can't even give it to ourselves first? Yeah. And that's why I talk about the shadow, the way through, like you're building a business. I'm building a business. It is the hardest thing I've done. Yep. (laughs) In literally since like the SATs. It's like, yeah, fucking hardest thing. Well, no, obviously doing the inner work is hard. The hardest thing I've done, but outside of doing the inner work, like building a business is the hardest thing I've done. And it's bringing up all of my shit, everything, everything. And the thing is, is people think, oh, I'm going to go to therapy for you know a little bit and it's all going to work out. Oh, I'm going to see a coach for six months or six weeks. It's all going to work out. No, that is the beginning of a lifelong process. This is a journey of uncovering and discovering and unlearning and relearning, but mostly unlearning, mm-hmm. unlearning a lot. Right. And then relearning, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. choosing who we want to be. I just get frustrated because I know there's so there's people that I would love to really do this work. And it's like, not everyone desires to, not everyone desires to, to grow that's and okay. change. And that's okay. That, and that's totally Okay. They're all of the power of choice. They have, they get to get to choose. And something I learned again from my spiritual teacher years ago, because I used to get pissed off. I'm like, why don't you want to, why don't you get this? Like, why don't you want to understand why you get the same trigger time and time again? Why don't you want it? Like my sister and I, why the fuck do we keep having the same arguments? <laughs> yeah. Right. I see, I see it. Right. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't. No, no, this is no disrespect to her. Like, we're just different. We're just yeah. different. You know, I mm-hmm. love her so, so much. Like, we're just wired a little differently. And that's okay. I had to come to terms. The moment I came to terms with, hey, she just doesn't, she's just not, doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. And she goes in deep into her own way. She does her own work on her and, and that works for her, right? Mm-hmm. But with the moment I try to force my work down her throat, that is like, no, no, no one wants to be told what to do. Mm-hmm. That's when I would Mm-mm. repair, I would rupture most of the, of, of our relationship, but just use her and I as a, as a slight nuanced example without going into any personal details, of course. But like, yeah, like once we can uh, like allow and like, let go and be like, yeah, you're allowed, you get to choose how deep you want to go. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah. And like love and accept them through it. Cause that's probably the thing that they need the most. Mm-hmm but they're not even able to give to themselves. But if we can model that, right? We're the models, the ones, the leaders, the ones who do hard shit, the ones who want to go deep and see all their shit and then rise, rise. It's our duty to model, to model that behavior and say, I am just going to love you through this authentically, not Pollyanna bullshit, fake shit, like really tapping into the heart and saying, okay, I see you. And I accept you for all you are and all you are not mm-hmm. and all you are not. I accept you for all you are not. That is so hard, especially with our partners. It's so hard. <laughs> it's <laughs> partners <laughs> and family. <laughs> partners yeah. and family. Yeah. It's so hard. But I tell you, this is where things get woo woo. This is when I get all into the, into the spiritual shit. It's like, I've seen people transform, change. Yeah. All it took was me to do it first. Mm. Yes. Repeat right? that. I've seen people in my life grow and heal and transform without me telling them what to do or how to do it. All it took was I chose to do my own work first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I chose me first. And then by choosing, choosing me first and doing my inner work, I was able to model to others and they, they took what worked for them and what didn't. I know I'm too intense for some friends. I've lost friends recently because I'm too intense. I'm too deep. And, mm-hmm. and it's not, I'm too deep. I'm wrong. It's I fucking love that. I'm too deep. I yeah. love that. And I love you, even though you're not too deep and that's okay. I, I, I can rise. I can fluctuate. We, we can go high. We can play. I could go high. And when I go deep and you and you're you hit your your rock, your 
you hit your bottom, like you don't want to go any deeper, that's okay. Signal to me so I know, because I'll just keep going. Mm -hmm. Okay, she or he wants to just kind of stay here. That's cool. If I want to go deep, I'll go deep with my my other friend over here, Christine or Jimmy or Drew, Bob. right? <laughs> Bob, fucking Bob at the coffee shop. You know, he wants to. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's like we expect so much from all these people sometimes. And I, I'm a, such a guilty, you know, I, I raised my hand. I totally depended on, depended on my friends to be everything for me and my partner to be everything for me. And they really can't. Mm-hmm. They're really not supposed to be. No, no. So yeah, I, I, I love everything we've talked about. <laughs> I feel like we could seriously talk for I know. hours. I tell you, I go do you gotta stop me. Yeah, no, I love it. I because this I think this is everything we've touched on is so is relevant and relatable, whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, but I know you're a relationship coach. So let's say someone is in the dating world now or they're starting to have these their next relationship experience, or they've been dating for years it could be anywhere. What are some practices that they can utilize to get closer to their partner or connect on a deeper level? So say they are doing this work on themselves. How can they utilize the, any practices to connect? Mm -hmm. So are you saying like, if they're in a really, in a new, maybe a new relationship, they just started dating or someone who's single or anywhere, anywhere on the spectrum. Um, I'm specifically thinking of like, of nervous system, the nervous system work, somatic work that I feel like you're really good at. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, or conflict resolution. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so kind of, I look at nervous system regulation and emotional, emotional, getting our emotional needs met as, um, in, in line with communication and using our, our voice, right? So it's both physical and verbal. Let's say like you're starting to date somebody mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe the first, um, it's maybe been a few months, like a month or two. And like, you guys are starting to have like your first kind of sticky situation, um, fight, mm -hmm. whatever is going on. Um, so some, some physiological, like cellular level, um, work we could do on the individual can do on for themselves. If they're starting to notice, um, maybe their them and their new boyfriend or girlfriend is starting to kind of, um, butt heads in some way without going into, you know, detail of what that is. Um, a few things we can do, um, first and foremost, I always say, um, check your capacity. So let's take some self, basic self-awareness, basic self-awareness tools of practices of, let's say, you know, something's going on, you're cooking together, something's mm -hmm. happening, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe something's going off. You're maybe arguing or I don't know, something's coming up that's feeling sticky and uncomfortable and you guys have maybe not, not really been there before. Maybe it's new. Um, first thing I like to say is like, go inward first check, like check ourself, check our energy. Where's my energy right now? And usually like we're talking, I'm in like the, the frame of, of being triggered. Basically we're all getting triggered all the time, mm -hmm. but it's like some, some type of trigger is happening, but just the like very simple practical step is like, just like pausing. Yeah. I just stop when I'm anxious in my mind and thinky thinking or my body, my chest, or I get tight in my throat or tight in my tummy. It's a protection mechanism. I built that over time biologically, physiologically to protect, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we kind of all have our own protection mechanisms that we've built throughout time. We probably needed it at that time. So I'm not going to shame those or make them wrong. They're, mm -hmm. they are what we needed at that time. Um, and if they don't not, they no longer serve us anymore. That is the pause and the breath. So just pause and breathe and ask myself, for people who are more sensitive to or empathic, I always say, is this mine or is this theirs? Is this mine or is this theirs? I ask my body, like my feeling something, is this mine or theirs? Whether it's an emotion or a trigger or like a thought. 
usually our thought, you know, our thoughts create stories, stories, create emotions, emotions, mm-hmm. create actions. Right. So I just stop and check um, and ask myself, do I feel safe? Is this mine or theirs? Do I feel safe? And before anything like major warning sign here, like before anything, if there is a, if there is something happening in this dynamic, maybe it's conflictual, it's conflict and you man or woman or non gender identifying feels emotionally unsafe, mentally unsafe, physically unsafe, spiritually unsafe or any type of abuse happening. That is a major sign to leave the, mm-hmm. the, the situation. I just want to just put a warning label on that. And I also know most of the time that it's very hard because you are with that person for a reason, because there is some trauma bonding happening or some we some some something is happening where you are drawn to somebody if they're being abusive. Like we that people who are abusive and people who are abused are connected, are drawn to each other for some reasons. And I'm not going to go into it because I'm actually not well versed in that as much. So I'm just going to leave that there. Mm-hmm. But first of all and foremost, if you don't feel safe, exit. Mm-hmm. And if you and if you know that you are safe and you do feel safe, your your body will let you know. Um and something that I like to also offer is um, if you're not, if you are feeling triggered in your body and just noticing where in your body you're feeling, I always put my hand on my heart and on my tummy. This is where the, 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 the third part comes in of the, of the verbal. So sometimes our partner or boyfriend or girlfriend will look at us like, what are you doing right there? Like, why are you not answering me? You know, I can't just, you know, sit there forever being quiet, touching, holding yourself like I mean, you you can, but it's really nice because there is a second party involved to communicate to them what's going on, what's going on for me right now. So oftentimes um, there's a few things you could say, like, um, I just need a minute and I just need to close my eyes and check myself. I'm noticing I'm feeling triggered. I'm noticing some heat in my chest right now. And I just, you mind if we pause just for a little bit, I'm going to go get some fresh air about five, 10 minutes. Does that work for you? Okay. And you make sure that you get someone, the other person to respond, like they're buying into this break and what's ever going on because they're a part of it too. They get, a, they get a say, they have a voice. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes people just take it, make it all about themselves. When I'm sorry, when you're in a, in a dyad or triad, you know, it, there's another person involved and we need to take their experience and give that some respect as well. If obviously we're not being abused or harmed. Mm-hmm. So if we're not being abused or harmed, we want to also just say, Hey, you know, is that all right? If I take five minutes, I need to get some fresh air. I'm just feeling a little heat in my body. You know, I'm not feeling good right now. Can I just think about it? Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully that, that they're good. And they say, sure. Yeah, you can go do that. Right. And then I just like to like check with myself and then, um, I kind of check to see like what thoughts I'm having are these stories. Is this a familiar story that's looping? Am I feeling unworthy? Am I feeling not heard or seen? Am I feeling not validated? Um, am I feeling like they're soaking up all the, all the energy in the room and I don't have a say that often mm-hmm. happen, right? Where the other person is so in their world chatting about what's going on that like, sometimes the other person's like, well, well, like, what about me? Like, did you ask me about how my day was too? So then that gets into the, to the verbal. So then speaking our, our truth, asking for what, what we need and saying how it's going to feel, it would feel mm-hmm. really good for me versus saying, why aren't you telling me, asking me about my day? You're just talking about you this whole time. Yeah. You know, oftentimes we kind of get defensive and for usually right reasons, but it just comes out wrong and it doesn't serve us anymore. So, um, something that you can say is, um, Hey, um, I'm noticing we're we're talking about you for the last, you know, for, for a while. And, um, I love, I love hearing about how things are going. Um, you know, what would make me feel really good too, is if you just asked me like how, how my day was or how school was. Um, it feels really good for me to know that you're interested in my life mm-hmm. um, and like really like lighthearted, you know, this is not an attack. No, one's wrong. We're not making them wrong. We're just asking for an intimate and kind, clear, convincing way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes they're so in their own world that they forget like, Oh my God. Yeah, totally. How was your, how was your, uh, co- your conference? Oh yeah. Totally forgot. How was that? Right. And yeah. that's the point you just dive on it. You know, there, there's no like reassessing or, or telling them, see, you're supposed to do it this way. Every time we're not teaching them, you're not their teacher or their mother, right. Or their father, just 
Ask for your need to be met with kindness from the heart and clarity and directness and, you know, go, go on from there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that I was helpful. That. Absolutely. And I, I love keeping it as simple as possible. And what you said yeah. about it's in line with communication. It, it's just, we get triggered which is whatever has happened in our past experiences and that we've buried this pain deep down and then reacting, getting reactive off of the trigger rather than communicating and stopping and say, communicating how you actually actually feel because the trigger is telling a different story. The trigger is telling a story and then we're yeah. reacting to whatever that story is. Yeah. And it's really keeping it as simple as possible, especially when there's two parties involved, because then you're dealing, you're dealing with two mm-hmm. stories, two different stories, which is, yeah, it's, it gets more complicated. It's complicated. It does. Get, yeah. So keeping it as simple as possible is I'm all about that. Yeah. And I'll just like sum that up with what I just said in three words, name it, feel it, own it, mm. name what's going on. Feel what's going on and take ownership of your body, your story, what's going on for you, the story mm-hmm. you're, you're playing in your head um, and take ownership. You know, the most, the sexiest thing, the most attractive thing is for somebody to take radical personal responsibility for their side of the street. That's mm-hmm. so, so attractive. Yes. And it's safe. And guess what? Men out there or women when you do that, your other partner is going to start to feel safe with you. When they start to feel safe with you, they're going to start to open up to you and be more vulnerable with you. And you're going to do the same. And that builds intimacy mm-hmm. into you. I see. Mm. When we're into you, I see. When we're blocked and in protection and defense mode and reacting, there is no intimacy. You cannot, you cannot penetrate that. There is just yeah. wounding. Trigger is a wound, 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 wound. Oftentimes arguments are two people having wound arguments. They're both, their wounds are yes. clashing. It's not even them. It's not even them. It's their wounds clashing, which is their, their traumas clashing. Once that's yep. settled, right? And we can calm our nervous system and our free frontal, free, prefrontal cortex is back online, then we can start to do this type of conscious intimate relating, mm-hmm. but nothing gets done. And this is from my experience also as a child, seeing my, seeing my parents argue, I mean, and nothing productive, nothing productive is done in an argument when both wounds are just like hidden heads. That is a yes. cycle in a circle. And that's why couples end up having the same fights for 20, 30 years. Oh my gosh. It's not even them having the fights. It's their, their wounds having fights. Yep. Right. Well, I feel like I need to have you on again because I love listening to you. You have so much wisdom and I know this is like just scratching the surface and just even the way you explain things like is so clear and I I feel like you could be a kindergarten teacher because you explain things so like so well. Like complicated this is this is complicated stuff, but you make it yeah, you make it. Um, you you you're smooth. I don't know. The smooth is the word that's coming to me. Smooth is smooth is fast. Smooth is they're oh. like a thing. Smooth is slow, and slow is fast, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, okay, thank you. I thank you, my darling. I receive. I receive that. Thank you. So tell us how, tell everyone how they can connect with you and follow you and what you have coming up. Yes, absolutely. I live on Instagram. Um, I still have not figured out the TikTok thing. I did one TikTok post um, from the last podcast I was on, but I I will get there one day. You can find me on Instagram at coach.isabelcampanelli. That's Isabel spelled with one L. Um, and yeah, like I am, um, actually running an eight week program. It's called attract love from the inside out. Um, and I do have four more spots available starting end of October, early November. And this is an, a really one-on-one experience. This is a, a curated program. I mean, it, it's pulled from the 
decades of, of, of my life's work really, but it's, it's condensed in a really clear, practical and actionable and really transformational, um, steps where you're not just learning and educating, but it's a lot of, a lot of coaching and where I'm putting it back on you and asking you all those questions and pulling your wisdom out. And then mm-hmm. a lot of, um, really deep transformational, like practices that I have you build throughout time and start to become who you are. So we really build who we want to attract through being that through our own love and acceptance of all of our shit and really attracting that, that like-minded person and that, that like energy person. Um, and really, um, yeah. So anyways, that's my program. Attract love from the inside out. Um, I've been running this for a few years on and off. Uh, this is the more revamped version. I've added a lot more to it. I even added a therapist who I have come in and do some, um, uh, hypnosis. So we have a hypnotherapist come in. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you say, is it a group program or one-on-one? No, I do one-on-one. Um, I'm not quite the group. Yeah. I'm yeah. I love one-on-one. That's where everything works for me. And it is, it is, it is there, there's a structure and a flow and there's, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's outcomes at the very end that everybody always gets. Um, and it's also tailored to you and your specific kind of needs. So it's, it's, it's Mm -hmm. a really one-on-one approach, um, and really tailored to you. Um, and then, yeah, just DM me. I'm always, I'm always on Instagram. To have yeah, conversation. yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you again for being here. And I seriously would love to have you back yeah. because we have so much more we can talk about. Um, and yeah. Any last, last words of wisdom? Just thank you. So good to see you. You, I really appreciate you, you know, sharing some of your personal challenges and the the patterns that you've noticed and like the relational things that you've experienced and um and the fact you know like you're so you're such a self-aware person obviously like it's just so amazing to be able to have this space with you Sarah and after like us coaching each other for so long too it's Mm -hmm. just um so beautiful to see you know where you've been and like the work you've been putting in your business and where you're going I mean I I see it I hope you do because it's pretty cool thank you yeah I like aspire to to, to this. Okay. This has been deeper than dating with Isabel and you can find her and myself on Instagram and all the information will be in the show notes. So we will see and listen to you or you'll listen to us next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. So fun. Bye.